Hello, welcome back to another episode of the Vinyl Paradise podcast. Um, so today's episode is extra special. Um, today's episode is going to be commemorating the fact that during the course of the year, um, since October when the podcast launched, we have been able to achieve the spot number 35 on the podcast rankings. Um, and we held that in the music category um, for three days. We held number 35 spot. And it means so much to me as a creator to be able to achieve that. So I'd like to say thank you to you if you're listening to this right now. It means so much to me to be able to um, hold that as something I have achieved. Um, It means a great deal. So if you're listening to this now, it means you're probably a regular listener. It means so much what you guys have done. Um, Just want to say a massive thank you. Um, So in the true spirit of things, I'm going to be today as our first song. Um, we're going to be reviewing generally the most well-known celebration song ever, um, which is Celebration by Cool and the Gang. Okay, that was um, Celebration by Cool and the Gang. Um, so this album was released in 1981 by Cool and the Gang. Um, it's a post-disco, upbeat sort of song, um, and it ended up being the only American number one. Um, so this song is hugely popular. If you haven't heard this song already, then clearly you've never been to a party because this is played everywhere. Um this song is played at weddings, parties, sports, anywhere that there is a celebration to have. This is the song to do that, and this is certainly the occasion. So, this song was actually um, written to be a... It was actually written while, um, as Cool and the Gang, the saxophone player, Ronald Bell, said that it came from reading the Quran. Um, and apparently he said he was reading the passage where God was creating Adam and the angels were celebrating and singing praises and it inspired him to write the verses and the chords and the line um, everyone around the world come on let's celebrate and I think that's quite a special meaning um, to be able to put a religious aspect into a song takes hard enough work um, but to be able to make it to such an iconic song like that um, it's a really interesting thing that I, I had no clue until I started researching for this song and I think that's absolutely awesome um, so absolutely no one was close who was close to the band was surprised by the fact that this um, song was su- successful um, JT Taylor's mother um, him, herself predicted it um, and Taylor told the Billboard Hot 100, my mother t- told me when she heard it, you're going to play this song for the rest of your life, so get ready. Um, and that is certainly the truth. Um, so um, this song was actually played in um, 1981 to help welcome home the 52 freed American hostages from Iran in 1981. Um, so three years later... It was played in 1984 to hail presidential candidate Walter Mondale's nomination at the Democratic Convention. Um, So it's been used by the big, the small, that everyone has used the song for their own use. And, I mean, rightly so, um, it is amazing. So it's been featured on loads and loads of stuff. Um, So it's been featured on South Park, it's been featured on Gilmore Girls, it's been featured on... um, WKRP in Cincinnati, um, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, it's it's everywhere, it is absolutely everywhere. Um, So Kylie Minogue um, covered this, um, and that reached number 20 in the UK, Um, and that's quite good. Um, So 
the fact I, I didn't know there was a cover actually. Um, and in the Friends episode, the one with Joey's new brain, which is in 2001, if you want to go watch it, um, Ross actually tried to play this on the bagpipes. Um, I can't imagine how that went for him, um, but, you know, I haven't seen it, but you can go watch it yourself if you want to see it that badly. Um, so, yeah, um, the, this this song... Um, to me, um, it has an association with me basically every big event I've ever been to. It's been played, it's been sung, it's been everything. It's one of those songs which everyone knows the lyrics to. If you don't know the lyrics to it, then where have you been all your life? I mean, this this song is just, it's just huge. Um, so, yeah. We're going to move on to another big song um, in a minute, but first I'm going to announce something. Um, so for the every day, or at least I'm going to try to, I'm going to be releasing a short five minute podcast episode every single day on the lead up to Christmas. Um, since it's December, um, I've decided that it'll be an every single day thing where I'll be covering a different Christmas song every single day. You can tune into that. That will be releasing every day at around six seven o'clock it varies depending on whether or not i've managed to record enough of them in advance but um yeah so um i'll be doing that every single day in december um i hope you're looking forward to that um because i certainly am i i can't get enough of christmas music um is arguably my favorite type of christmas like it's my it's my favorite type of music it just brings me so much so much joy in life um and so I, I hope you enjoy that just as much as I will recording it. Um, so we're going to kick things off um, uh, right now um, with the song Fairy Tale of New York by the Pogues um, and start the madness. Okay, that was Fairy Tale of New York. Um, I feel like this song is just necessary if you're going to cover Christmas songs. This one has to come up. Um, this is my favourite Christmas song. Um, I love this song with a burning passion. Um, and I know that another person who listens to this also loves this song so much. Um, so, shout out to them. They know who they are. Um, uh, so, th this song's absolutely amazing. So, this was a song released in 1987. Um, by the Pogues, um, or is it the Pogues? I think it's the Pogues, um, and that it's just amazing. So th this song, it was designed to sort of be, as I've discovered, a sort of anti-Christmas song, in the sense that it's t designed to highlight the fact that many people don't have such a good time at Christmas, um, and that is very true. A lot of people just don't have um, great times at Christmas. There's a lot of people who spend Christmas alone, um, so if there's someone who you know that's going to spend Christmas alone, send them a message. It'll be worth it, believe me. It means a lot to a lot of those people. Um, and, like, people often... A lot of people in this world don't spend Christmas having a good time. Um, so this one was... The, the, the people in particular that they're talking about this time uh, is about Irish people immigrating to America in the 18th... in the 19th century to escape the potato famine... Um, and in hope of making it as entertainers in New York. Um, many of them didn't and ended up homeless, and this is to highlight that. Um, so, the Pogues wanted to release a Christmas single after their second album, Runs, Sodomy and the Lash. Um, um, and instead of doing a coven song, they decided to write one themselves. So, the first attempt to record Fairy Tale of New York was actually a duet with McGowan and Pogues bass player 
Kate O... Oh, God, that's a different... Kate O'Riordan. Um, they didn't have the song ready um, for a Christmas single, so they just decided to record it for their third album, If I Should Fall From Grace With, ne- with God, um, which was produced by Steve Lillywhite. Um, so this song, as I've already said, is my favourite song, but not only is it my favourite song, in 2004 on a VH1 poll, this was actually voted to be the UK's favourite Christmas song of all time, and I mean, what a... What a thing that is. Um, and Shane McGowan um, was actually born on Christmas Day. Um, and the title was taken from a book called A Fairy Tale of New York. Um, so, of the video of this, the policeman pushing Pogue Shane McGowan through the station at the beginning is actor Matt Dillon. Um, and this film was used to open the 1996 film... Basquiat, about a graffiti artist who becomes popular in the art community. Um, now, sadly, um, on December 18th, 2000, Kirsty McColl died in a boating accident, um, and this song has been re-released many, many times for the UK Christmas artist. Um, and in 2005, it was reissued to publicise a new campaign for an investigation into the death of McColl. Um so, this one, um, charted at number three in 2005 when it was reissued, and in 2006, again, it made it to number six, and it became the first Christmas song to reach the top ten three years in a row. Um, when, thanks to downloaded sales, it returned to the top ten in 2007, and has con- continued to appear in the top twenty every single year. Um, so, I mean, (laughs) what an amazing song, um, and what an achievement for it to make as well. Um, so yeah, um, this song definitely does come with controversy, um, and so, like, McGowan himself, or, I don't know, is McGowan, I think it's himself, um, responded to the controversy in, um, 2019 over a particular word which I'm not allowed to say um, saying there is no political correctness to it I've been told it's insulting to gays I don't think that's how it works nobody in the band thinks that's worth a second's thought the world the word was used by the character because it fitted with the way we she should speak and with her character she's not supposed to be a nice person or even a wholesome person she is a woman of a certain generation at a certain time in history and she is down on her luck and desperate and i mean what a way to say it um that works so well um so yeah Unfortunately, I'm going to keep this one really short because there is going to be a lot of content being put out over the coming days, um, and I hope that will make up for it. Um, so this one's been short. Once again, I'd just like to say a massive, massive, massive thank you to you. Um, thank you for listening to this. It means so much. It does me such a grand favour, and it's just such a. It just means so much to me as a person. Um, thank you so much. Um, I will see you tomorrow. Um, I hope you enjoy the Christmas bonanza I have planned.